Joining us now, our good friend Al Bat from somewhere near Heartland. Hey, Al, how are things today? Uh, it's uh, another lovely day, and I'm looking out the window, and there's been a nice flock of little uh, warblers, and every one I've seen so far have been Nashville warblers, but that's fine. They're beautiful little guys, gray and yellow, and they're just uh, going through lickety-split because they're just trying to get something to eat and get south. I do want to thank, before I forget, Elberly Audubon, Castle of New Alm, Farming of Yesteryear and Keister, Pelican Breeze, Jerry George and Mary Pikel for uh, listening to my blatherskite. And thank you, um, Karen, very much for the <laughs> Lucky Charms, although every apparently they fell out of the box because there's, there's nothing in there at all. So I, I don't know. I'm going to check with the post office if you've got a... If you're tracking, maybe you want to track on that. And yeah, I, I insured them because they're I'll, so valuable, Al. <laughs> yeah, well, there's unicorns in there. Yes. And, well, there were unicorns yes. in there. There's none now, but there's all kinds of different things in there now. So uh, Doesn't it look I, like I there appear like there's more things in there than there is actual cereal pieces? Does it look like that to me? And then did you notice that there's a game on the back of the box that you can play? Yep, hop on a unicorn of your very own. So who wouldn't <laughs> want to do that? And again, I have to confess, I've never had uh, Lucky Charms. I've certainly seen family members what? devour them. But what? Uh, yeah. How do you mean you've never had Lucky Charms? What's wrong with you, Al? <laughs> oh, you know, it's uh, Cheerios and Raisin Bran, I think, is what's wrong with me. Oh. I just, uh, I'm... I'm I'm stuck in that time warp, and I, it's it's real hard. I see them, you know, I spend a lot of time in hotels and always in those little continental breakfast nook kind of things. Yeah. We always have, um, like, a, a gumball machine where you turn the, the, the dial and then the cereal comes out. Right. And there's always one of them. One is, like, Wheaties or Raisin Bran or Cheerios, and then the other one is very colorful. It's Lucky Charms or uh, Fruit Loops or... I don't know what the, I don't know, tricks maybe. I'm not sure what they all are. But in uh, they're there for kids, so I just get out of the way. Well, you know, the thing about the, the Lucky Charms, Al, is they are gluten-free, so I discovered that, oh, there's something I'm going to eat with gluten, um, that it's gluten-free, because a lot of cereals, of course, aren't. So i you know, kind of partial to it. But I do eat the healthy stuff, too. But once in a while, you got to treat yourself to a few uh, unicorns. So you're kind of saying as long as it has unicorns in there, it's it's probably a health food of some kind. So <laughs> yes, because it's magical. That's good that people can go out and feel good about. Yeah, they're magically delicious. Yes. And um, yeah, I do want to uh, mention too before I forget. Thank you to Cliff Ryder Trainer, and uh, Cliff is from Fairmont, and he's or well, he's actually from Welcome. Oh man, I said he was from Fairmont. I'll be hearing from Oops. Cliff. He's from Welcome, and he sent me a photo of uh, his uh, sister and I. Uh, I led a tour to Costa Rica, and Cliff and his sister came along, and it's a lovely photo, but it's uh, his wife, his sister died not long after that from a, a battle with cancer. And so it's a lovely photo, Cliff, and Cliff is moving. He's in preparation of moving to Costa Rica. He fell in love with it while we were there and said, when I retire, 
this is where I'm going to go, and he's he's going to go there. So it's pretty cool. The Mankato Free Press, I have to mention two of my favorite eateries were on the front pages. It was Tootie's in Henderson and the Pheasant Cafe in Waseca. So if you're in either of those fine cities and you want some, uh, you need uh, food of some kinds, Tootie's has wonderful, wonderful ice cream, and I love the breakfast at the Pheasant Cafe. And the Pheasant Cafe is for sale. So if anybody's, oh. it's been in there, uh, yeah, that they, they got that bucket list where it says number three, own something called the Pheasant Cafe. Uh, check that out. <laughs> I, the, every morning, the sounds of young raccoons needle me out of my sleep. They just, oh, man, they're so noisy. So sometimes they get me out before it's light. So I'm feeding the birds in the in the fading darkness. And I have a loyal following of avian gourmands. Uh, birds are cute so they can extort food from me. My feeders are busy. But I tell everybody that bird populations can vary greatly from place to place and time to time. One yard's feeders aren't representative of all the feeders in the state. And I saw my last Baltimore Oriole in my yard on September 11th, and I miss them. And, Karen, I played Fleetwood Max Go Your Own Way in Aww. their honor, just Aww. wishing them the best, the best of trips. And a dragonfly, oh, I had a beautiful green darner, one of my favorite dragonflies, propelled on wings of cellophane, flew by in a zigzag pattern as blue jays. The yard security guard sounded an alarm after discovering the daytime roost of an eastern screech owl. And I hope the blue jays, with their noisy, raucous guys, I hope they woke those young raccoons Mm -hmm. so they missed some sleep, too. Uh, Andrew Nihus uh, saw a dick thistle in Jackson County, a black-throated blue warbler in Martin County, and a wood thrush in Watton County. Chad Hines, a uh, cackling goose in Brown County. Bob Jansen, a red crossbill in Faribault County. Bob Williams, a wood thrush in Watton County. Roy Zimmerman, a willow flycatcher in Olmstead County. And Gunnar Berg of Albert Lee saw a black-throated blue warbler and sent me a lovely photo. It's the 30th, that 3-0 warbler species that Gunner has seen in his yard in 34 years, which is just incredible. Uh, Cindy Drill of North Mankato said she's begun hearing fall sounds at daybreak. The ones I haven't heard since spring. Geese sounding as they pass overhead. Some light warbler noises in the trees. Blue jays calling, and this morning the soft sound of a robin as well. Once the sun is up, the goldfinches are the most prevalent bird at the feeders, mostly young ones with constant calling. An adorable bumbling flight. Practice makes perfect. Chickadees are feeding in small groups as well. Nearly silent visits by wrens and catbirds scurrying in and out of the flower garden tangle. Not the noisy visits from early summer. This after, Today, so far, two sightings of a common yellowthroat. Still summer hangs on with the presence of hummingbirds yet at the feeders. I have a nun-feathered garden friend as well. We discovered that a brown annal, I'm not sure if, if I'm pronouncing that right. I should know. I believe it's annal, A-N-O-L-E. Hmm. has taken up residence in the flower garden, the assumption being that he was a, a stowaway 
in one of the Florida import plants I purchased in the spring, and he managed to escape attention until about three weeks ago. Too small, and your eye needs to learn to spot him the same way you learn to see birds. We're enjoying him, although we understand that the summer here will end tragically once the weather has turned cold. He has this wonderful full-scale terrarium to live in for now and has no interest in being captured. Uh, Pamela Freeman said, I've been enjoying a small flock of zipping and darting, dashingly cute Nashville warblers. Me too, Pamela. She said, they are dainty and darling birds. I love them. They seem to they seem to find much to dine on in amongst the tangle of foliage of the zinnias and cosmos. They have stuck around now for nearly a week. Every night for the last couple of weeks or so, we hear swans softly trumpeting as if muted from our pond. Now and then we hear cranes always announcing their arrival and leave-taking, as do the geese who must announce the arrival of any and all, even those who are merely flying over and may be suspect arrivals. All must be announced and alarm sounded with much head-bobbing. The swans, when they leave, do not shout out their leaving. But we know, nevertheless, because of the great splashing as their wings powerfully beat the water in their liftoff. Uh, Cindy Drill, also of North Mankato, I just mentioned, she said she walked out her back door yesterday to a nearly vicious squabble between four hummingbirds over which one got to sit on an overhead power line. Do moles eat roots, somebody asked. Uh, You know, they eat grubs, earthworms, and insects, but they might chew through the roots that get in the way of their tunneling. And this can kill grass. And I know uh, listeners are saying, yeah, it does kill grass. Because, boy, when they tunnel in your lawn, you end up with some brown grass. So they're not eating the roots. So we can say, well, you know, there's something else is eating your vegetation. It's not these guys, but they are still uh, doing significant damage to things when they do that. Uh, Jim Grotty. Jim lives in Fairmont. Uh, Jim says, Al, on Wednesday the 4th of September, three of us old-timers of the Martin County Conservation Club took a road trip around our county. We wanted to look over some of our county parks and wildlife management areas. Many of these we checked out had been partially or fully funded by our conservation club. In our travels, we observed hundreds of swallows, a variety of hawks, turkeys, uh, several great blue herons, and many gulls. We saw very few waterfowl. Monarch butterflies were out in great numbers, singly and in large clusters. When stopped at Bright Lake Park, oh man, I don't know where that is, Jim, Mm -hmm. I bet I should know too. Uh, He said, when stopped at Bright Lake Park, we all remembered on how the grounds were so well maintained. We wanted to compliment our county crews for all their good work. While checking out the WMAs, we talked about the great number of acres that have been added to the existing WMAs and the creation of new areas as well. These hundreds of additional new acres are a direct result of the dedication and hard work done by conservation-minded individuals throughout our county. And this is, again, Martin County. These men and women are members of various local conservation clubs and the Pheasants Forever and Ducks Unlimited chapters in our county. 
in many cases, these people are members of two or more of these organizations. It's heartening to know that several times over the years, these organizations have worked together to and pooled their money towards common projects. It would be remiss not to thank the generosity of all those who attend the fundraising banquets, partake in the charitable gambling, and those that donate money directly to our conservation organizations. It all helps, and it goes to a good cause. The three of us old-timers from the Martin County Conservation Club who made this tour were Jim Welch. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Jim Welchlin. W-E-L-C-H-L-I-N, Welchlin, I'm going to go with. A 55-year-plus member, Steve Maurice, a member for 35 years, and myself, a member since 1973, 46 years. We had a great day for weather, and we had a really good day. Oh, thanks, Jim. Yeah, it's nice when, uh, when groups work together and get stuff done, and I appreciate all uh, that the Martin at the MCCC has done over there. The Nye Nature Center, it's a Lesueur County Park, and it's one of my favorite places. They have a senior learning series there, and you can discover a new topic each month, and they explore local wildlife history and conservation issues. They include lunch. It's $10 for a member and 12 if you're a non-member. Uh, it's, you have to be 50 or older, but on Thursday, September 19th, they've got a machinery wagon tour. Uh, Thursday, October 17th, there'll be a program on uh, wind energy. And on Thursday, November 21st, Minnesota geology. And they also have a carving club there. If you've been sitting around saying, boy, my dad used to whittle, I should maybe carve something. This participants receive hands-on lessons regarding the fundamentals of wood carving from a talented instructor, Ollie Heikamp, and you have to be 12 or older there, and it's $3 for a member or $5 for a non-member, and those are on Sundays from 1 to 3, September 22nd, October 27th, and November 24th. I'm guessing the, the primary lesson there is which way to carve so you don't cut off a digit would be uh, my guess, but I know Ollie, I've seen some of his stuff. He's amazingly good. And again, this is at the Nine Nature Center, and if you'd be interested in these, they have a lot of other things going on. They have scout badge programs and uh, they did uh, monarch tagging. Uh, oh, that was back on September 7th. But if you'd be interested, give them a call. At, it's a 507-357-8580, 357-8580, and um, you'll have a good time there. It's just a, a beautiful place. A listener says, Al, there are webs in my trees. Will Uh-oh. they kill the trees? Are these the 10 caterpillars, and I'm guessing? Yep, and you were just talking about another nasty thing that had been found in Brown County, and that's the emerald ash borer. And these guys, emerald ash borers, come from Asia, they figure, probably in wooden packing materials from China. And I believe, I hope I got the year right, they were first discovered in 2002 in Detroit. And since that time, they have killed 40 million trees just in Michigan alone, and these are ash trees. And they uh, they will get all the ash tree trees, but if you're thinking mountain ash, 
that's a different species. So they're, as far as we know, they're going to be okay. So it's your big green ash and these kind of guys. It's... A lot of cities are cutting them down, trying to get ahead of the mm-hmm. game and get something else planted. So they're, uh, I know uh, they're cutting down healthy trees in most cases, but just to, you know, they don't want to have that big rush when things come in and maybe they can get something up and get it grown to a substantial size by the time um, the ash borer really hits. If you're concerned, what should I do? You know, contact the extension. Uh, service or a certified arborist and you can get some preventative uh, advice for preventative measures it's i have a lot of ash in my yard and i don't know what i'm going to do if michigan is uh an example it's not going to be good what we'll get but back to the webs and the trees Uh, somebody said there are lots of webs in my trees will they kill the trees from mid-August through the end of summer is when fall webworms are noticed on hardwood trees. And these gray silken tents are spun by caterpillars feeding on the leaves at the end of the branches. And the hairy caterpillars are oh, a tanned a yellow in color and maybe an inch long. They enlarge those tents as they grow and consume the leaves within. So they're just eating the leaves that are within that tent. They're just moving that tent around, eating whatever leaves they can cover up. The favored host seems to be the black walnut tree. That's where I see it the most. And damage caused by the fall webworm isn't significant to well-established, otherwise healthy trees. So it's just, it. you know how it is. If you have a stain on your shirt, <laughs> and you're at a big deal, and you're talking to everybody. You keep looking at that stain, but maybe <laughs> nobody else does. I think that's how the webworms are. You see them in your yard and go, oh, my gosh. And then nobody else notices it, but you can't stop looking at them. So, and you can drag them out of the trees and destroy them. But you know, that's like me with the wheat. With the, I was going to say, with a weed in the garden, Al, I'm that way too. If I'm in somebody else's yard, my husband says, ask before you pick a weed. Maybe they want that, but it's just something about seeing them there. It's one of those things that my attention goes to where somebody else, it's not even on their radar. So yeah, I think it's all your perspective, but if there's a weed or something or a Japanese beetle somewhere, I would immediately have to do something about it. And I'm, I'm sure I've told this story before. My mom would start to stop the car <laughs> oh, and no. make me go out in the neighbor's field and pull a velvet leaf. What? She had this, I don't know what velvet leaf ever did to her, but <laughs> she just had this terrible, uh, she became almost apoplectic when she saw velvet leaf growing along the road. So, And I wasn't always keen on doing that, but uh, she would uh, encourage me in the way that mothers can encourage kids. And I would go out and pull it, and she said, now, don't you feel better? And I well, no, I didn't even like pulling the weeds on our farm, let alone doing it for the neighbors. But somebody, uh, oh, is initial K, says, uh, why are there only female hummingbirds visiting my feeders? You know, they'll be both male and female. The thing is that young ruby-throated hummingbirds resemble females. Oh, and sometimes when they're on the feeder and you'll see them turn a little bit, you might notice 
the young males showing some red iridescent feathers on their throats. But other than that, they all look like uh, females pretty much, and they all fight like, well, they fight like males. They're just, <laughs> they're, um, they battle. <clears throat> uh, things to look for in uh, the rest of <clears throat> the rest of this month, uh, look for the arrival of dark-eyed juncos and white-throated sparrows. Uh, both beautiful, beautiful birds. I uh, love to see them. Look up. Uh, when you see some deer, and look for deer, because they're out there not looking for you. So we have to look for them. But a deer's reddish summer coat is replaced by a dense gray coat. And that provides insulation and more camouflage when we hit winter. And look for uh, look for our, our ruby-throated hummingbirds to exit the state by the end of the month typically there's always an outlier that you could see uh, later than that but for the most part they're going to be they're going to be gone and uh, we'll miss them it's just uh, one of those things it's a, a passage and uh, i love seeing them and it just seems like it's like everything in life they're not here long enough uh, last mention on the Pelican Breeze, uh, please join me as I host a cruise on Elberly Lake on the prepossessing Pelican Breeze, boarding at Frank Hall Park Boat Landing in Elberly. It's 1.30 on September 29th. It'll be our last cruise of the year. If anybody's interested, give a call at 383-7273, It's a, a great time just to be able to get out and walk around the there's no mosquitoes really although I, I was bitten the other day by one which kind of surprised me tiny little guy and i thought oh man he's she's so little but you know i slapped her anyway and she's a goner so i just i wanted that to be a warning to all the other little mosquitoes in the area it was nothing personal really against this one it was just a, a cautionary tale I might have mentioned a nice woman who called to report a colony of bees in the wall of her house. Her home had become a B and B, B E E. When her doorbell buzzed, so did the wall. And honeybees build nests out of beeswax. So she said these were honeybees. Yellow jackets sometimes, they build paper nests, and they're sometimes found in walls. And at this season of the year, the yellow jackets have time to attend picnics and search for sugar. They are natural biological controls as predators of insects, and they feed that to wasp larvae. But this time of year, those duties are done. They're not feeding young ones anymore, and they develop a sweet tooth now, mm. and they desire sugary foods like ice cream, soda, and fermenting fruit that provides energy and fuels their nasty dispositions. And a friend tells me they dislike diet soft drinks, which makes that makes sense. They want sugar. In playing in the state softball tournament, I know I've mentioned this before, but I was standing on second base when the umpire nearest me called a timeout. And the young son of the home plate umpire had been guzzling a soft drink from a can in which a yellow jacket had crawled into. And he was stung, and he suffered a, an allergic reaction. He just, his face swelled. His, it was like his whole head swelled up. 
And fortunately, there was an ambulance at the tournament, as there usually are during these big softball tournaments, and they hauled the boy to the hospital, and he ended up in fine fettle. But about 62 people a year die of wasp or bee stings in this country. And August and September produce the most yellow jacket stings. So if you know you're, you have a problem being stung bee, just be really extra uh, cautious this time of year. Because these uh, wasps know they don't have long to go. They really don't have... Uh, the purpose in their life has been kind of taken away, raising young ones, so they're uh, they're not in a particularly good mood. So uh, please be be careful out there. And I don't know about you, Karen, but I've been stung by yellow jackets um, a lot. I usually at a picnic, I put my elbow down on top <laughs> of one or something, and it it takes offense and lets me have it, and it gives you quite a shock. Oh my gosh! It, and they can sting yeah. more than once. Yeah, it's so I, I, it's uh, on the old farm. We used to have this this old house. We all called it old Frank's, whoever Frank was house, and it was like a one room kind of thing that he used to live in. And it was, of course, from years ago and kind of ramshackled. And I remember going in there, and my dad had made it into you know in the pasture so that the calves could go in this little room, to, I guess, for protection. And I remember going in there and goofing around, looking around, and and there there was a I think it was. Some must have been hornets or whatever the worst ones are and I saw the paper nest and pulled it and I was stung repeatedly and that was the most painful thing oh. I could ever remember. They just and they just oh. didn't stop and I was running away and they ran with me. The one in uh, all the cartoons, if you remember, they always had that bald faced hornet nest. Yes. Somebody'd be uh, walking out there, and it would fall on their head, and <laughs> yes. so there they go running into the river or something with a bald face hornet nest on their head, which would not be good. And I'm, you'll start seeing a lot of the bald face hornet nests hanging from trees and things. And once it gets really cold, everything in there should be a goner. So I know a lot of people gather those up and put them in nature centers and that kind of thing. So I do hope that everybody will head to the cafe today where the food chain is missing a few links. The special is always the Heimlich Maneuver. And gravy is considered a beverage and now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders where grease is good and none of the food smells like feet. Well, hardly any. I stopped at an echo point. I find it hard not to stop at an echo point. I didn't need a passport to yell, Oleo Lehi. The echo repeated what I'd said, just as an echo should. Oleo Leahy was a name used on the Bob and Ray show. These were a couple radio geniuses, not all that familiar today. I loved their old radio shows. Old is good, but new is often better. Cars are amazingly good today. I thought of the car I owned when I was a pup. I paid $75 for it, which was at least $70 too much. (laughs) It gave me heat in the summer and air conditioning in the winter. It carried me to my last day on a job before I headed off to college. The company I worked for built implement buildings, huge, huge structures, and I was the young squirt on the crew. On my concluding day, I was paid for staying out of the way. (laughs) My boss said that it was money well spent. (laughs) 
Remember, folks, Heartlands, while we're driving past, uh, thanks for listening. Karen, thank you, as always, for your exquisite company. And, and thanks for the information on the Lucky Charms. And I will let you know if the Lucky Charms themselves actually do show up. Okay, yeah, you know, they, maybe it was uh, very moist, and they kind of disintegrate when they get kind of moisture. So that must have been it, and they just kind of disappeared. I think that's what happened. Uh, I, uh, I'll talk to the rural carrier and make sure she didn't eat them. Okay. I don't think she did, but <laughs> I, I, I will. I'll, I'll grill her. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Al. Always great to chat with you. Until next week, happy bird watching. Thanks, Karen. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye.